Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm definitely way more comfortable in Sunday school. Definitely. <laughs> I love Sunday school. Anyway, well, it's wonderful to be here with all you beautiful people today. Um, yeah. Let me get my... I just want to read, start with God's Word, because it's a good place to start, and he, His Word is beautiful. Um, Psalm 50, and you're welcome to follow along in your Bible if you like, but or just listen. I'm reading the New Living Translation. Um, but Psalm 50 begins, uh, The Lord, the Mighty One, is God, and He has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches and he is not silent. Fire devours everything in his way and a great storm rages around him. He calls on the heavens above and earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Bring my faithful people to me, those who have made a covenant with me by giving sacrifices. Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. Selah. O my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer, but I do not heed, I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains, and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God, and keep the vows you have made to the Most High. Then call upon me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. But God says to the wicked, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve them and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around and slander your brother, your own mother's son. While you did this, I remained silent and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you, listing all my charges against you. Repent of you who forget me, and I, or I will tear you apart and no one will help you. But giving thanks is the sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Psalm 50. So, um, the second line of Psalm 50 says, From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth in glorious radiance. And um, I like that verse. It's a beautiful verse because... Um, yeah, what I decided to talk about this morning was God's beauty. Um, and again, uh, this is his story. This isn't my story. This is his story that he has written in my life. And so I'm going to share it with you. Um, beauty is always a word that I've struggled with my whole life. Um, I never felt beautiful or worthy of admiration or praise. Um, I was born... Um, the only child in my family um, with a birth defect, with a cleft lip and palate, which isn't something you can hide very easily, <laughs> very easily as a child. Um, 
I remember my mom told me my dad fainted when I was born because this was before ultrasounds. They had no idea I had this birth defect. And when I came out, the shock of what I looked like, um, because my mouth was wide, like it was all split open on the one side, it scared him. And plus he'd been up with my mom in labor all night. And anyway, I don't think it was just that, but he... (laughs) um, Anyway, I, yeah, so I kind of... I had a wonderful family that loved me and didn't, like they always told me and they always affirmed me, like God made me special like this and and I don't blame anyone and I don't blame God. It's just what he chose um, for me. But it made me hard, it made it hard for me to accept myself as beautiful, um, especially in this world that we live in. Um, I also have brown hair and I have two beautiful blonde sisters that were always, always admired for their beauty and their um, their blondness or whatever. Anyway, um, I was kind of <laughs> I was kind of just a skinny kid, like just not um, very. Yeah, I was a late bloomer in a lot of ways. Um, I had braces for six years, so those of you who have braces, like stick with it. Like I, I had <laughs> I had them for at least six years, and in that time, they had to pull teeth um, out that weren't growing in, and so I had a huge gap in between um, in my mouth, and I was becoming a teenager, and I had to live like that, right? And um, it's not the worst thing, but it was just very. I was very self conscious. Um, I used to wear my hair like this <laughs> because then nobody could see my clap. It was on my left side. Um, I also, and right before or right after my junior year in high school, I had to have surgery on my my last surgery that I had on my clef to remove scar tissue. And um, when they did it, they broke my nose. And I don't know if anybody's ever had their nose broken, but it swells. <laughs> it swells and it stays swollen. Um, and it stayed swollen for at least six months. Like it was just, I, yeah. Anyway, but in all that to say, like, again, I had a wonderful family that didn't focus on my outward appearance. They didn't, but I was always very self-conscious and never really felt beautiful or someone to be admired. And, um, yeah. So then, uh, I kind of went through high school. I, I did grow up in a Christian home, a wonderful, loving home, um, with the fear of the Lord and bringing, brought up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, for sure. Um, and then I kind of dated all sorts of different people through high school, never lasted very long. And then I met my husband, Daniel, um, <laughs> in college, who, uh, yeah, who was always so careful to tell me that I was beautiful and to never make a uh, Never make a deal of my my cleft lip and palate, and um, so I was very thankful for him. Um, but the interesting, a little side note that made it interesting. So I went to university or college. It was college down there, and uh, I met Dan probably after a year of being there. And um, but I was a biology major and a chemistry minor, and so I was in the science building all the time. Kind of lived there. And uh, the the there was a woman who was the uh, secretary of this in the science building, and she her name was Martha, and she called me in her office one day, and she said, "Amy, come here." And I said, "What?" And she said, "She just had a granddaughter that had been born with a cleft, and she had some questions, wanted to know what my experience was like growing up with that." 
And, um, and so we sort of started a relationship, and it was just neat that God used my class to bring me in this woman's office. And this woman really led me to the Lord in a lot of ways. She just poured into me over and over, would tell me, God loves you, Amy. And she really discipled me through um, my years at college, and she had a big impact in my life. And so, um, yeah, God used that. Um, so I, I remember, like I said, I had a fear and admonition of the Lord, but I didn't know him. I didn't know he loved me. I knew he loved me, but it was at a distance. Um, and I just remember in at, at that time in my life, I was like 18, 19 years old, I could, I could clearly see two paths. And I'm a little of a black and white person. Um, and I was like, I can keep going like this way, like the, like doing the things I enjoy, and just and or I can I can really commit myself to, to Christ and follow Him. And um, and I remember making that choice, saying I I, I really want to follow Christ with my life. And um, and a few years later, I got baptized. I think I had been sprinkled as a child or something, but I I got baptized again as an adult. Um, and so my friend Leslie and I would run, and we'd start to read and memorize the Bible together. And uh, there was a verse that always stuck out to me. Um, it's John 12, 24. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. And um, that verse always fascinated me because um, I was a bit of a... A bit of a loner by choice, like I, I wanted to, um, I thought I could do anything in my own strength, and I was a pretty strong person, um, for the most part, I liked to run and was physically active, and, um, but it just, it, uh, it was a verse that really spoke to me, and I don't know if anybody's read Keith Green's um, biography, but I read that in university too, and in his life, um, that, was, that was so true about him, um, and I encourage you to read it if you haven't. Um, so John 12, 24, that grain of wheat falling into the ground and dying um, sort of became a bit of a theme verse for me. I wanted to understand it and, and do it. I just didn't know how. Um, I wanted to give my life fully to God, and so I was pre-med, and, and uh, I thought, what better way to give my life to him than to become a missionary and a doctor or a nurse or whatever and go into the mission field in Africa or some foreign land and serve the least of these um, in foreign countries. And again, that was a bit of my independent independence and like drivenness. I just I worked hard and I and I wanted to do that. Um, and but my third after my third year university, Dan and I got married, um, which was wonderful. And but it also took me by surprise a little bit because. I was young. I was 20, and he was 22. And um, and then two weeks after my graduation, uh, we had been married for 10 months. I was like, why am I so tired? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And the ladies, you can relate to this. I feel like I just want to sleep all the time. And yeah, I was I was pregnant with Steph, our first. Um, and it was a bit of a surprise, but um, a wonderful surprise. I was excited, a little scared, and shocked. Um, but at this point, we had a choice um, to make. We had a choice whether um, I was going to continue to pursue a medical degree, um, take my MCATs and try to get into college that, or get into university, or um, whether I would um, have Stefan and stay at home with him. And this was a battle for me. 
Um, so anyway, I, we, made the, we made the choice. Um, we both felt that young children really needed a mom. And so um, I kind of let go of my plans for med school for now and, uh, and stayed at home. And for me, that choice was like a seed sort of falling into the ground, right? Like letting go and letting that seed um, fall into the ground, that, that dream fall into the ground and die. And um, yeah, I brought, I actually brought a little, I brought a seed. <laughs> it's, they don't look like much. Um, they're pretty tiny and not, not very beautiful. And I know all of you have seen them, but this is what brought, what produces this. And um, anyway, that's what my talk is about. Just how, how God brings this to this. And, um, all right. So, um, we decided that I would stay at home, so we ended up packing up our little U-Haul and our worldly possessions, moving to New Jersey where Dan had gotten a job. And, um, just as a side note too, I, for many years, would see and talk about my choice to stay at home as sort of a default plan. And, um, I realize now, I was wrong. Like, it was not a default plan. It was God's plan and God's best plan for me. Um, and I, I know with my kids at times, I, I'm sure I made them feel at times like I didn't want them or was, they were leftovers um, from my life. And that's not true at all. Yeah, that's not true. They, they are God's gift to me. Yeah, and they're, they're, the Bible talks about first fruits, and they are God's first fruits for me. Um, so we, we went to New Jersey. I decided to stay home, although I did work part-time when Stefan was little, but God showed me, Amy, you can't do that. Um, but we, we had a new life in New Jersey, new job, new church, new friends. I met a lady that had... I think at the time, six kids and was pregnant with her seventh, and I thought, she's crazy. And um, <laughs> I thought she was crazy, but every time I was expecting again um, another baby, um, she would say to me, Amy, are you ready to die to yourself a little bit more? And I'd be like, what? Like, uh, um, but I remember thinking clearly, Lord, if I do let go, if I do let go, can I trust you? Can I trust that you'll bring that you'll resurrect my life. And I think of that with Jesus often. Like, he really had to trust his father um, that he would resurrect him, that he would bring him to life. I, I know he was God, but at the same time, fully human. And, uh, yeah, I said, okay, I'll trust you. I'll trust that you'll, um, that you'll resurrect my life. And um, so then when I was expecting baby number four in four years, um, I kind of hit rock bottom. <laughs> I was like, God, what are you doing to me? Like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, and I remember going to a women's retreat and just crying to a lady there. Um, yeah, and, and God, he clearly showed me at that point that um, this was his call on my life. I thought being a missionary doctor was his call on my life. He said, no, this is my call for you, Amy. This is what I've called you to. And, um, and will you, will you do this for me? And I said, I had a choice again. Am I going to trust him and, um, let go? Or am I going to fight this? And I felt like fighting it. 
of like fighting it at times because it was very hard. Um, but again, if I let go and let that seed fall into the ground, um, it produces fruit. So I let another seed fall into the ground. Life was crazy with four little ones, um, four and under. Um, yeah, those of you who have little ones, you know life is just crazy and you can't really... Yeah, you're sleep-deprived and all sorts of things. Um, I was pregnant again with, I think, my fifth or... Yeah, at this time. And Stefan was ready for school. Um, and, of course, I thought, my husband works at a Christian school. I'll send him to school, right? Like, he just made sense. And... Uh, very clearly, and I'm kind of, like I said, a black and white person. I need God to, like, smack me in the face with things and say, this is what I want you to do. And um, very clearly, he showed me that he wanted me to homeschool them. And I thought, really? And then, um, <laughs> I mean, I love being with them, but, like, like having the responsibility of um, teaching and being with them all the time felt overwhelming. Um, but, again, I had a choice. Was I going to trust him? And let go, um, or or not. And so I chose to follow the path that I felt like he was leading me into. And another seed fell into the ground, um, and we began homeschooling. And then I had baby number five and baby number six. And Dan says, I think it's time for us to move to Canada. And God wants us to move to Canada. I was said, what? Um, <laughs> What about money? What about a home? What about friends? Right? Like I didn't know anybody in Canada. None of you were here. <laughs> I didn't know any. I knew Dan's parents um, that lived in Ottawa at the time, and those were the only people in the country that I knew. And uh, so, to me, I felt I trusted. I trusted. Dan hearing from the Lord, but I, I didn't, it was just another choice, right? Do I, am I willing to trust God? And one thing he clearly spoke to me when we moved here, I remember walking in the Jewish neighborhood behind our house in New Jersey, and he said, are you willing to be a nobody for me, Amy? Are you willing just to be a nobody? And I was like, sure, I guess, right? Like, <laughs> I know, I know all the promises of the Bible, but sometimes you just need to feel them and know them and have them in a person. And anyway, I, he told me that and, um, I said, okay, I'll follow you. I'll follow Dan. I'll follow you in Dan. Cause I personally didn't, the Lord didn't come to me and say, I want you to move to Canada, Amy. It was through Dan's leadership in our home. And I submitted to, uh, his relationship with God. And another seed um, was planted, fell to the ground in my life, and I, I made a choice to, to let go. Um, baby number seven, baby number eight, um, so they have names, yes, <laughs> Miriam and Nathaniel. Um, I remember my pregnancy with Nathaniel, um, that was the time we were kind of doing discipleship, and I had some really wonderful young people in my life that were amazing and helped take care of the chaos in our home and fold our laundry and do all sorts of um, service to our family. And it was the time when um, when I began to accept and receive God's grace for me um, by allowing people to serve me. I remember Amy Goss opening the door for me. And I had like a kid in the hand, a, a toddler. I had coffee in my hand. I had another baby in something. And I was like, you don't need to open the door for me. And she's like, Amy. Just accept my serving you. Like I just, I didn't want someone to help me, or just I could do it, right? 
And um, so God, yeah, it took eight children for me to realize I need help. Like I can't do this on my own. I need um, I need your grace. And so I just began. I just remember one point, just receiving His grace and saying, you know what, Lord, you're enough. I don't need to be. I can't be, and I don't need to be. Um, everything to everybody. And, um, yeah, it was a real turning point in the way I was thinking um, for me. And so, um, again, he, I felt really free. I felt free for the first time in my walk with the Lord, just really free. And, uh, yeah, but after number eight, which was my easiest delivery, and <laughs> um, we were done. Eight is enough. Isn't that an old TV show? Yeah, um, eight is enough. And... Uh, and Dan was clear on that, and I was okay with that because I was feeling a little over my head. And then um, I remember in June, in the shower one time, friends of ours from Jersey were coming to visit, and God said clearly, you will be filled with joy. And it was another baby. And I was like, wait, no, eight was enough. <laughs> eight was enough. No, he said it was just a clear thought. I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even praying. I probably was just like in my mind making a grocery list. And meal list, right? Like when you have company coming, you know, those are the things you're doing when you're in your free time thinking, what do I need to get from the store? And it was just a clear thought out of nowhere that you would be filled with joy. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, and I've shared this with some people. I always struggled with being thankful and I thought, okay, yeah, I want your joy. And he was like, no, it's a baby. So that was Joy, who's not up here, but she, um, she was number nine. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure for over the years from Dan and I, you've both heard how difficult her, um, her delivery was and, uh, her, her, her babyhood, uh, just very hard physically, emotionally, spiritually. I, I had no time to be with the Lord. My time with the Lord was doing Bible with the kids in the morning and we would memorize scripture together and I needed it. As much as I was forcing them to do it, I need, <laughs> I needed it. I, that was my, that was my scripture. That was all I had to hold on to during the day, usually, was what we were memorizing at the time. Um, and he, yeah, and he said to me, at, I remember 1.30 in the morning, walking with joy, so tired, just so tired that you want to cry. And um, he just said again, a clear thought, can you, can you trust me in this? Can you be thankful even in this? And I thought, okay, <laughs> I can't. I thought, I can't, but you can be thankful in me, Lord. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to choose to give thanks. And, and part of Psalm 50 at the end says the sacrifice of thankfulness is, is huge to God. And, um, and I remember at the time he was showing me that the fruit of thankfulness really is joy. If I choose to be thankful um, in all circumstance, uh, I will receive and experience his joy. Um, and, uh, when, and so I made a choice, again, a seed, uh, another seed to fall into the ground and, and to let go of all my justified reasons to be complaining. <laughs> so I felt like I have every reason in the world right now to be complaining. I am so tired. And I just, and I'm so like, I was just feeling drained. And uh, anyway, um, yeah, I one note about the um, the ground that I've been talking about about the seed falling into the ground. The ground really is 
needs to be um, thankfulness. A lot of times the ground of my heart was complaining, and I would buck up and do it just because it was the right thing to do, but I would do it with the wrong spirit. And, um, and yeah, I think that's one reason that he, he gave me very many children, was to teach me that um, the ground of my heart needed to be um, needed to be thankfulness, not complaining, not duty, not um, not uh, a hard ground, which often it was, but uh, the soft ground of thankfulness. And so, happily, most days we were homeschooling, and um, and then uh, two years ago, God directed us to put our kids in school at um, at the Christian school in Franktown. And I said, okay, um, I'll let my older kids go, but not my little guys. <laughs> I was like, no, they're, uh, they need to be home with mom. And, uh, and I didn't want to let them go. And again, in the middle of the night, praying, Lord, what do you want? And he was like, Amy, you can let go. You can let go. You can let go. You can trust me. And, um, and so I chose to. <laughs> I chose to let go. Again, another seed falling into the ground and, and saying, okay, I will trust you. I will trust where you're leading me. And, um, yeah, so they have been in school for about a year and a half, a little over. And, uh, and then just a few weeks ago, I was having a day with Jesus just set apart for him. And, uh, and the whole day I was miserable. <laughs> I was crying. I was, uh, I don't know, I am getting a little older. It could be hormones, um, but, and they do play a role in, in there somewhere, but they just magnify. They don't, Dan keeps telling me to just magnify. They don't, they're not the root, right? So I was just having a miserable day and like, Lord, why do I feel like this? I was just lamenting life, asking myself questions like, who am I and what is my purpose? And, um, what about like all these dreams I had of, do you still want to take me to Africa as a missionary doctor? Um, and I was just sort of feeling forgotten in a lot of ways. Um, and so uh, I wasn't getting anywhere in prayer, <laughs> in my prayer time or my Bible reading. So I got up and I said, oh, I got to go start the fires, right? Like, <laughs> I got to go start the fires. They had been out since the night before and it's not my favorite thing to do. To have to start the fires in the morning, partly because I'm terrible at it. And um, it takes me over, it takes me like an hour to get the fires going. So I, uh, yeah, I went downstairs to start the fire and there was uh, one, I looked in through the window and there was a, there was a coal. And I was like, oh, there was a, there was a coal, a red coal right there. And, and all I had to do is break it up a little and throw some wood on and poof. My fire was going, and I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you. That was such a gift, right? And, um, yeah, I, I, when I have those days, I leave my phone in the kitchen on silent, like I just don't touch it. Um, so I hadn't looked at it all day, and I picked it up. Um, I picked it up around 2 o'clock and read a text from Dan that said, uh, God wants you to know, Amy, that he makes beauty from ashes, and I thought, my fire. <laughs> yes, thank you, Lord, my fire. I had, um, yeah, he brought a beautiful fire out of my, little, what seemed like just ashes uh, in the fireplace. And he said, I want you to know that he makes beauty from ashes. And um, 
later, I think it was later, maybe he called, I forget, but he shared with me that when he got had given that verse for me, he had seen a picture of an old rotted log just sitting in the woods somewhere, I guess, an old rotted log, and inside there was a diamond. And he said, that diamond is you. And I was like, what? Like, I was thinking the log. Um, <laughs> that's the way we were thinking. Um, but he said, that diamond is you. And it was just really uh, encouraging for me to see um, that even though I don't always see you don't see how what God is doing. I didn't see growth in me, and just like we talk about children, when we don't see them for a long time, and then when Caleb comes back in September, he's going to say, "Wow, Nathaniel's grown so much." Um, God had been working His beauty in my life as I chose to just let go and trust Him, step by step. And like I said, sometimes I let go, kicking and screaming, and like no, and fighting it, and. Um, but um, yeah, as I as I learned as I learned to trust him, the next time it it gets a little easier to trust him. And even being up here today was trusting him, because <laughs> I do not like public speaking. Um, I yeah, like Dan was right when I felt like I was going to be sick before. Um, it's not my thing. But um, God God wanted me to share about His beauty, His beauty when we let go. When we let go of control, and when we let him use us, and when we let um, let our dreams and thoughts, and it's not wrong to have dreams and thoughts, but sometimes he changes those, and his, he, changed my, he changed my life from what I thought it would be, and, um, and he has brought wonderful fruit in my children, and um, yeah, and just... He brings beauty from ashes, as the verse says. Um, yeah, he had not forgotten. He had worked his beauty into me. He has taken all those seeds that I let go of and allowed to die, and he's brought life and beauty. And again, it's him. It's not me. It's not me. And again, I struggled with feeling beautiful my whole life, and and I I just I'd rather like not even go there at this point is to get older. <laughs> But um, but he he's the one that brings life out of death. And there's a verse, and I couldn't find it. I don't remember where it is. But he calls what is dead to life, and he brings um, something that we think is nothing, and he brings beauty out of it. And that's why I brought my little my little um, seed today because I it's a beautiful time of year. Everybody's enjoying seeing life come back. And, uh, and I, it's one, it, God speaks to me through nature all the time, and I used to feel guilty for it, and now He's like, no, I made it for you. Don't feel guilty. I made it for you to enjoy. Enjoy it. Um, so this is His story, um, that He, that I've given permission for Him to write, um, of my life, and it's, it's not over. The adventure continues, and, um, the love between Jesus and I grows, and I, I never, knew I had to learn intimacy with Jesus, mainly through having a family, too. Like, I could be that mom that just stays in the kitchen and work, 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 and not sit down or play or do things. Um, we really engage into them. And, um, and yeah, he's, he's teaching me. He's very patient. Um, and so just to close, I thought of Isaiah 53, um, verse 2. It says, For he shall grow up before him 
as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground, and this is referring to Jesus. Um, He has no form of comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. And this this was a description of Jesus' physical beauty here on the earth when he was a man. There was nothing attractive in his outward appearance. But I thought of Mary, and when Jesus resurrected and and Mary saw him in the garden, and she thought he was the gardener at first, right? And then he says her name, and it says she clung to him, and she didn't want to let him go. And I can see why she did. I can see why she doesn't, she wouldn't want to let him go. (laughs) If he was here, I don't think I'd want to let him go. He is, um, he's beautiful, and he is everything that we need all the time (laughs) here's the answer Uh, so I have but I have a daily choice um, I have a daily choice to let go and to turn my face to him I find if I turn my face to him and I look up at him he's all I need he's all I need and um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with the rest of our lives I I was telling someone earlier I I send I want I want to send my kids out like arrows yeah but then I'm like Mm, do I really want to send them out? <laughs> I'm excited to see what he does with their lives too. And um, and he truly is beautiful. And and you can truly trust him. And, and yeah, that's just the story of um, God's beauty. And thank you for letting me share this morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.